to Reset and Rewind, the video game movie podcast, where we chronologically discuss every video game movie ever. I'm Doug, and my mommy says that cheese gives you nightmares. My mommy says that cheese gives you nightmares. I'm here with Kevin. I wish we could have skipped this movie. (laughs) And Paul. Hello, I'm Paul. I am acting like Tara Reid. It all started in 2020. Three guys in their 30s decided to talk about video game movies. Then they decided to start a podcast. They went through all video game movies, starting with the Super Mario Brothers movie. It then progressed to the Double Dragon movie. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. But yeah, if you if you saw the opening crawl, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I think we've lost any listeners. That we ever had oh. gone. They're like, what is this yeah. shit? <laughs> I, but that was this movie. It could be the worst podcast ever. Worst episode we've done. It'll be better than this movie. Very much so. Yeah. There are so many just terrible moments in this movie. But if we're going to talk about the opening, and first off, let's just say we're talking about Alone in the Dark because I don't even know if we've talked said the title of the show yet that's how i watched this movie Uh, yeah i watched it alone because no one else would want to watch it with me (laughs) and in the dark because i wanted to pretend like i wasn't home watching this i I was embarrassed i don't know how much christian slater got paid to do this movie but not enough not even close to enough yeah (laughs) so i was dumbass and before i watched this movie for some reason i got this series confused with silent hill so I was like, oh, I'm going to be watching Silent Hill. But no, this was so much worse. Well, when I first started listening to it, I was like, this story doesn't sound anything like Silent Hill. Turns out it's nothing like Alone in the Dark either. Yeah. So. I wish a lot of the actors in the film were silent. Hey. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, they were so boring, they might as well have been silent. Because I wasn't listening to them. <laughs> Shall we talk about the games? They are coming! So, we're talking about Alone in the Dark. There are one, two, three, four, five games that came out before this movie. Spoiler alert, this movie does not take any inspiration from any of those games, except for the name Edward Carnby, and that's it. (laughs) The games came out in 92, which is Alone in the Dark 1, 93, which is Jack in the Dark, uh, which is just the best title ever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, 93, Alone in the Dark 2, 94, Alone in the Dark 3, and then in 2001, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, which... I hope is a reference to this fucking movie because it's just a brand new nightmare for everyone. <laughs> My mommy says that cheese gives you nightmares. And then in 2005, Uwe Boll, who is just our favorite dude, and Tara Reid got together to make this crapshoot. <laughs> and here we are. 
so the the games are i just wanted to mention this because i mentioned this before the we did the podcast but these are the first this is the first survival horror game ever made i think it's the first one considered a survival horror anyways it didn't name itself survival horror until resident evil came out and labeled the entire uh, genre yeah uh, the games i have not played any of these games and usually i play the game before we watch the movie a little bit at least to like refresh myself i knew that this game was in no way related to this movie because this movie was written and directed by a crazy man so but i will say that house of the dead is actually kind of close to the, the he did something with house of the dead and it, and it felt like House of the Dead. It at least had, like, flashes of the game. I would have enjoyed that in this movie. Flash me some Alone <laughs> in the Dark bullshit. That's fine. <laughs> at least do something other than just Edward Carnby. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I don't think that you could have saved this movie by referencing the game at all. Because... The game was made in, like, 92. So you're going to put, like, blocky, chunky screen shots up there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> also, before we even talk about anything, can we talk about the poster for this movie? If you... No. Is oh, there yeah, a, there's a poster, poster for this movie. <laughs> and if you haven't... If nobody has done it yet, just quickly Google Alone in the Dark poster. It is an x-ray of a person's body with their like chest and in the chest is somebody's like claws and a little tiny mouth that is right at the diaphragm area (laughs) (laughs) and i know it's supposed to be a scary image but it just looks like a real smiling uh, it looks like a smiling rack of ribs. It just looks like a smiling rack hey there. of ribs. It is it the does. most unthreatening poster. <laughs> and so, if you saw this outside the movie theater and were like, I'm going to go see Alone in the Dark. Oh, wait, what? let me just judge a book by its cover real quick. This is the perfect encapsulation of what the movie is. Just like a piece of trash thing. This poster is so bad. <laughs> Like, at first, I saw, like, the tiny thumbnail of it, and I'm like, I think that looks pretty cool. Yeah. I like that poster. And then I zoomed in, and my God, yes, you're right. It's awful. It looks like an x-ray of Kirby a little bit. Like, (laughs) if you x-rayed Kirby, this is what he would like. like It does. Wow. (laughs) It's kind of weird. Well, what is that face? Like, why? It could have looked like a scarier mouth but somehow that is just like hey hey, alone in the dark starring christian slater tamarine who's who's the third steven dorf oh steven dorf (laughs) steven dorf remember remember dorf those like vhs tapes of it was like a guy who he would sit on his shoes to make himself look like a little person it was like an ernest p worrell type character they used to be like advertisements for it on TV. Dorf Goes Fishing is guaranteed to be the funniest fishing video you've ever seen. And it's not available in stores. So what are you waiting for? Call and order Dorf Goes Fishing today. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to look him up. It sounds wacky. <laughs> and anyway, my, my question, this whole mouth and the, and the ribs, correct me if I'm wrong, but that didn't happen in the film, correct? No. No, it did. He popped up. And he went, Hi. 
<laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my... <laughs> no, yeah, that would have made this movie great. I would have enjoyed no, it. But they no, cut that. They That's obviously a deleted scene. Sad. Yep. No. They're like, we got to make this movie su- super they had, serious. <laughs> they had a bunch of scenes of, like, x-rays and stuff, but never did they show somebody's tiny little mouth and... Like bony <laughs> fingers inside somebody's chest cavity. <laughs> oh, that was a huge missed opportunity. I fully agree. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's just a, just a man's <laughs> face <laughs> in your body. <laughs> Maybe that's Uva Bowl's X-ray. Maybe. Maybe Uva Bowl has monster teeth. Who knows? He never smiles. He always seems pissed off. I don't even know what he looks like. He looks like that, Kevin. Obviously, that's what he looks <laughs> <Damn>. like. <laughs> so, so Uva Bowl, very interesting man. He seems like a total prick, but I think I briefly mentioned it in the previous Uva Bowl episode that we did of House of the Dead. I think I talked about he he challenged his five harshest critics in June of 2006 to a ten round boxing match, and to be eligible for this boxing match. The critic must have written two extremely negative reviews of him. So the fights are documented on in the film. Can you guess the title? I think I may have mentioned it in the other episode. Raging Bowl. You get oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh-huh. he knocked out all of his opponents. So maybe I guess he is somewhat of a good boxer. Or maybe he's just fighting a bunch of wimpy critics who have never had any fighting experience. I want to see him go up against, like, Butterbean or something like that. <laughs> so on fighting he um, and winning against these these critics, he has the quote, You'll see what happens when people get hit in the head. Say, like, my movies. That's a quote from him. So he knows that this is, this is a bad movie. I guess so. He's got to. So apparently, I believe he admits this, he says that it's not easy to finance movies in Germany, and the reason he's able to make these movies is because he has a tax shelter fund in Germany, which pretty much means that he can use this tax shelter and it lowers his uh, his tax obligations so he can keep more of his money. So pretty much he avoids getting taxed. Hmm. He also says if you invest in a movie in Germany you basically get 50% of back from the government, according to him. Is he German? Yeah. Okay. At least he's German, I guess. <laughs> and using Germany as a tax shelter. <laughs> I can imagine, uh, I know this is Russia, but Vladimir Putin, I can imagine him like challenging the people that criticize him to boxing matches. Oh, no doubt. And then killing them, of course, like Mortal Kombat. Sure, yeah. 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 He is in Mortal Kombat. I mean, that's just Vladimir Putin. Vladimir He's a new, unlock- new unlockable character in the next Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh. But so even if all that is true, Doug, um, and he's make it, he's trying to make money off of this. Or do you think it's bullshit? Yeah, bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm here all night. The budget is $20 million for this movie. He made in this in the box office entirety 12.7 million dollars so he still lost eight million dollars in this even if he it is a tax shelter and he gets back 50 percent, he still fucking lost like <laughs> let's just say he gets 50 percent back of the 12 million dollars that he made he only gets six million dollars of the 20 million that he put into it i mean good given 
he probably did stuff out for others, but whatever. Doesn't really matter. Oh, maybe he maybe he's doing like the producers thing where you make more money with a flop than you do with a hit. Maybe that's what he's doing. He he raised all this money. Like he probably got all that money back from those boxing matches. I'm gonna guess he got money from those. Yeah, he probably got uh, a huge amount of promotions and got paid for a lot of bullshit. There's probably like hidden product placement in this stupid ass movie, <laughs> all over the place. He must get some money from the Alone in the Dark people, whoever those people are. What is that? What studio is that? I, they, Alone they, in the Dark. They probably ran away. Um, I, I think. <laughs> I think it was Infogrames or something like that. Infograms? I don't. Do they exist anymore? I, I, Those I that was the developer. The publisher is Interplay. Oh, Interplay. I mean, they were pretty big at one point. They did yeah. uh, Clay Fighter. Yep. They also did Fallout One. Hmm. I didn't know that. Pretty sure they uh, produced it. They're long since defunct, I believe, right? Yes. Definitely. Interplay does not exist anymore. They also did uh, Booger Man. I remember that game. The Pick and Flick Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The 90s. <laughs> the Super Nintendo game. Yeah, the heads. What a boy's like. Boogers. Let's make a game of that. <laughs> Booger man. Anyway, we could talk about all the great games for a long time here, <laughs> but we got to dive into this movie sometime or another. We're trying to avoid it. Deceto is the prey of evil. Evil! Just like this film. We are going to just run through this as quick as possible because I don't think that the plot makes any sense in this movie. And neither does Uwe Boll because he gives a 15-minute exposition at the beginning of this movie that <laughs> is just so jarring. I've never seen anything worse in my entire life. Is that him? No, he doesn't give it. But it's obviously oh. been written in this way because it's... It is such a jarring exposition. It was like three movies in one. It just in the exposition. It was crazy. Yeah, where they where they had the slow scrolling yeah. <laughs> words. God, I was like, so I know slow. that this is a terrible movie already, <laughs> just because of this stupid crawl that they have. It's not like a cool Star Wars crawl. It's this terrible fucking boring crawl about the Abkani, some bullshit people who disappeared <laughs> it's in like times new roman font too oh. and also he must think his audience is really stupid and can't read because he reads it out to us the whole thing the yeah. were a native american civilization there's a world of light and a world of darkness Ten thousand <laughs> years ago gate was up it's so it, it has to go on for like five minutes oh yeah no it, it was like the reader of that <laughs> I can almost hear the guy like snoring. He's like, oh, what is oh yeah, oh yeah. Something, something evil slipped through. They say that slipped through. Like, couldn't they give a better word for that? I gotta say, the narration of this entire movie was awful. Like, Christian Slater narrating. He's he's a fine narrator. It could have been okay, but what he was saying was so stupid and no sense. Oh my god. I, was just like, I don't need this right now. <laughs> He's like, you probably think I'm a big asshole because of the way I talked to that kid. He told me I was gonna have nightmares because I ate too much cheese. My mommy says that cheese gives you nightmares. Oh my god. The the whole 
the whole flight scene where Christian Slater and also what the fuck is he dressed in? Just like a giant <laughs> plunging V-neck and like a trench coat. He looks and he's a puny man, so he's got like all of this like straggly chest hair. Um, oh, it's just so gross. He looks like a serial rapist. Exactly. No, it's a great description of him. He looks like he's trying to be Rick Decker from Blade Runner, but on a warm day, right? Like, (laughs) definitely a guy who's out in the sun, 95 degree weather, still wants to cosplay as Blade Runner, and is just... I'm too hot, though, so he's like half devoted towards it. That's, That's what Christian Slater is dressed as in this. Have you guys seen Kindergarten Cop? Yeah. Yes. It's not a tumor. There's a scene in the beginning of that film on an airplane where this little kid's really annoying Arnold and like punching his chair, his seat. Mm-hmm. So Arnold turns around and grabs a pencil. He's like, if you don't stop screwing around back there, this is what I'm going to do to you. And he snaps the pencil in half. And the kid gets has like this wide-eyed look on his face. If you don't stop screwing around back there, this is what I'm going to do with you. I was just thinking of that scene. I was waiting for Christian Slater to do something like that, but he didn't. No, he, he was just nothing. like... He was just like an asshole to this kid. See, I, Mom says I'm not supposed to be afraid of the dark. And Christian Slayer's like, you should, totally should. Totally be afraid. <laughs> just be fucking afraid. What a dickwad. And then the kid's like, oh my god, really? And Christian Slayer's just like, yeah. And then he looks at his fucking like, motorbike magazine. I don't know what magazine that was, but there was just like some picture of a motorbike on it. It was weird. Because he's a man. He's cool. He's definitely cool. I feel like Uva Bowl just read the title of this game and went with that. That was it. From there, he's just like, okay, I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to care what the fucking game was about. I'm just going to read the title and the main character's name and go with it. Because there are so many points in this film where he's just like, you have to be afraid of the dark. These dark creatures come out in the dark. It was all about the fucking dark. Like, <laughs> you just played with the title the entire time. So stupid. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be this like sequel or tie-in to Alone in the Dark, the New Nightmare, and then um, Eden Games, which also did I think our favorite Tomb Raider game. I'm pretty sure, maybe not. Anyway, no, that was Edos. Eden Games also tried to do something with Alone in the Dark, where. They were going to release Alone in the Dark 5 at the same time as the movie to tie it together. But it never really tied together because Eden delayed the game and reworked it entirely from scratch. So this movie is just out there with nothing to tie it to. Even if it did tie to something, the, the plot makes absolutely no sense. It wouldn't have made any sense for a video game, much less a video game movie. I don't think Uwe Boll has ever played a video game in his life. I don't even know if he knows what a video game is. He just knows that they're a thing and that they have titles. That his movies mm-hmm. are based off those titles. Agreed. Let's get into the plot because... Let's get into actual the movie because I have so much to say. I There are, there are two places that make me furious in this movie. And I'm going to save them for when they come up. So Okay. Yeah. So the first part after he lands in the plane is him fighting this wacko dude who <laughs> this part was awful i call them heisenberg pitbull <laughs> i have that in my notes <laughs> yeah that's pretty good um so heisenberg pitbull uh he's fighting this guy <laughs> and first i have to comment on the music 
What yeah. is with the fucking music in this damn movie? You got a horror, like, horror music soundtrack. And then, in this scene, and only this scene, it's a buddy cop movie. It's yeah. like fucking bongos. <laughs> and then, like, there's the saxophone. <laughs> Where does this music come from? It's yeah. like a buddy cop film, and he's like racing around doing freaking taekwondo or something. <laughs> fucking guy. And it didn't. This whole scene made no sense with the rest of the movie at no. all. It had no flow with the rest of the movie. It no. wasn't a horror movie. It was just like this action scene that they just like plopped in this movie. And it could have been a part of any other fucking cop film on the planet. And there it was in this movie. So this chase, it's one of the, by the way, it's a very boring chase scene. Yeah, it is a very boring. They just kind of hit people selling fruit and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So nothing fun really happens, but... So you have Shaggy as the uh, taxi driver. He eventually, like, the, the car gets hit at some point. Shaggy's probably dead. And Christian Slater just gets up and walks away and just doesn't care about this dude. They, they, they're kind of, like, you know, chumming it up a little bit. They're talking. And does he, he just doesn't care about this dude who's probably so dead. They do that with everyone who dies in this movie. So it's just like they die and they're like, eh, all yeah, right. All right, fine. <laughs> But also, it feel it felt like something straight out of Seinfeld. This like uh, taxi cab chase, just like the way in which it was shot, it looked like all of a sudden you were just gonna hear dong dum 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 bum bum bum, and like it was just gonna freeze frame on like Kramer's face in the back or something. It the shots were just so '90s comedy oriented. Oh yeah, um, and then. One of my favorite parts is he's he runs into this like Chinese mystic shop and then they like bust through windows in there in this Chinese mystic shop and they're in like Chinatown, but it's really just one back alley in Chinatown and they're like punching and kicking and shooting each other and shit. It is it's like the most disoriented and nonsensical fight scene ever. This choreography is awful. Oh, just, just terrible. Oh, they're, so they're, bad. It's like they're play fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get into, like, the fishmonger's place with, there's, like, ice and poles hanging and everything. And there's a scene, swear to God, the, the uh, you know, whatever, the tall, weird-looking... Andre the giant looking guy comes walking into the fishmonger place <laughs> and Christian Slater is hiding behind a little assembly belt but the assembly belt has no nothing below it or above <laughs> it so Christian Slater's just hiding there and you can see him as an audience member you can see him but for some reason Andre the giant just can't see him and walks by him multiple times and Christian Slater is just sitting there and I thought it was a funny scene I was I was laughing I thought it was supposed to be funny I did too I could not find Christian Slater where is Christian Slater <laughs> oh it's so bad oh peanut <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's a pretty good entry of the giant. I like that. Um, so, yeah, during this particular scene, this guy gets shot. This Heisenberg Pitbull, a.k.a. Andre the Giant, gets shot. And he just, like, keeps going. But I want to say something about him getting shot. Nobody screams. No one reacts until 
Christian Slater shoots a second time. Then you hear one woman go, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) And and that's it. I felt like I was playing fucking cyberpunk or something. No one was doing anything. (laughs) The woman's screaming. I think she just saw a rat on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's a really funny moment where uh, Heisenberg Pitbull, he comes out of one of the stores and in slow motion, he just like shoves this old man for no reason. Yeah, oh, so stupid. It's so bad, and and then he kills him by throwing him off into a pike. He throws Andre the Giant off into like an ice pike, and he goes straight through him. And Andre the Giant, the only sound that he makes is, <laughs> and that's it. It's like, <laughs> and then is dead. And also, we don't see him going through the pike. We just hear. Yeah, exactly. And then we see the aftermath because that would just be too cool looking. Yeah. And then nobody Not enough budget for that. That's a lot. One, that's a lot of fish that is just destroyed by a bloody body. Two, where do, who picks up the bloody body? Why? Why would? Wouldn't you call the police? Do the police no, come back that up? There. Yeah. So he turns and I into know a statue. And I know that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I know that Bureau Seven One Three comes and picks him up later. Side note, bureau the seven. dumbest fucking name for a bureau. <laughs> what Just, is it supposed to be? Is it the FBI and it's like Squad 713? Or is it is it just Bureau 713? I'm not <laughs> Some sure. Some sort of bureau. It's like in the Street Fighter movie when they had to use the Allied Nations instead of the United Nations. Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess I could see that, but still, what is with the number seven one three? Is there a, is there a meaning behind that? I don't understand it. So the next scene is the introduction of everyone's favorite character, Tara Reed. I don't know what her name is. I think her name is Aline, A L I N E. Aline. <laughs> I've never heard of the name in my life, but it's a name. And there is the stupidest fucking scene. Between the security yard and the fucking delivery oh. man. Upcani? What the hell's Upcani? It's an ancient Native American civilization. They're like the super advanced culture until like 10,000 years ago. They just disappeared. <laughs> and they're, they're trying to like give off some exposition of the movie or give some background that her boyfriend is missing. And the security guard says it, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Her boyfriend's been missing for the last three months. Nice going, jackass. Okay, are we just about done here? Let's move it along. Anytime. There you go. Okay, sweepy. And then there's this interchange between him and the, the delivery person, and he calls him Sweet Pea. He goes, okay, Sweet Pea. <laughs> is that supposed to be a, an insult? What is that? Jesus. When I think Sweet Pea, I think of Popeye's baby. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. So this whole, that is what you picked up on was the word Sweet Pea. Not the, I ignored like, Tara Reed. Not the, the <laughs> like completely awkward encounter of, 
I'll take this. We have artifacts coming in from all around the world. Until Hudgens gets back, I will be doing all his cataloging for him. I can open it. <laughs> the doctor says it's okay for me to do it. Um, that sort of thing. And then the interaction between the UPS guy and the security guard is just stupid as hell. The back and forth. And then you all you pick up on is the sweet peas. <laughs> it was an awful fucking line. And it stood out among amongst just the boring bullshit that they were talking about. Oh. There's no way you can make Tara Reid look intelligent. No. That is not her role ever in a film. It should never be her role. They try really hard to make her look intelligent and it just it's like you want to pass like DJ Squalls as a as a bodybuilder or something like that. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, she the only movie I've seen her in and been okay with is um The Big Lebowski. Right. She's good in that because she plays a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that where I, she became famous is from that movie? Because she was also in American Pie, right? I think it was because of American Pie she became oh. famous. Yeah, she's yeah. only slightly in Big Lebowski. Yeah. Probably like collectively five minutes. But I mean, she's, she's just a bad actress in general. But she's awesome. also a bad actress in a bad movie. And it just, it is, it is, I, I would say it's like gold when you find a situation like this, but this is just like dog shit. When you find a situation like this, it's just a bad movie, badly written, badly directed with one of the worst actresses in it. And every scene that she's in just is so boring. It's so fucking boring. Every time she talks, whatever she's doing, everything that they don't, they, they can't make anything interesting. And she has no belly button throughout this whole movie uh, where is her belly button it's she doesn't the... have a belly button in real life i guess she's not like an the... alien she's like she's like kyle xy yeah <laughs> so there we go i was trying to think of that yeah she has no belly um, button throughout most of this movie it's very gross it makes me want to throw up anyway um yeah there's there's so many scenes in this movie that sort of just go nowhere like there's so much story that just goes absolutely nowhere like the fact that he was missing um for so long what did that have to do with anything what was the point of him fucking missing at all it didn't do anything for the movie there was like one interchange between him and tara reed or christian slater and tara reed later on where she awkwardly punches him in the face i thought you were dead you asshole you asshole (laughs) that's it and then the next scene, after this um, stupid interchange between the UPS guy, the security guard, and Tara Reed, is this boat scene with the bad guy, which another fucking thing that goes absolutely fucking nowhere. But I want to mention something about the music in this fucking scene, because oh. it's whimsical violins that are playing <laughs> <laughs> fucking adventurous like violin music what why why in this film it's like i'm watching the fucking titanic or something <laughs> just in this scene so no. in this scene too they they the doctor or whatever professor is there and he's about ready to he's like oh please take this you know aboard and the guy's like is this pure gold and the professor's like yes and then they beat up the professor and throw him in the little holding cell in the ship, which 
it's fine, whatever. And then they open the thing and the whatever is in it destroys everybody on the deck. And this is the scene that makes me furious for some reason. And then it just shows the professor and he takes like a metal broom handle or something, shoves it in the door to protect himself. And then this like beast, which later on in the movie doesn't even goes through walls, goes through brick walls, goes through concrete walls, goes through all of these different things, but a slim piece of metal on a ship he can't break through. Plus, the professor is evil and can control those things. So why is he even hiding? I don't understand any of that. None of that makes sense to me. Was he supposedly taking control of off screen? Is that what we're supposed to expect? Because... I don't know. I don't know either. It seems like he was evil the entire time. That's what I thought too. So why is he hiding? Why wouldn't he just like take control of that thing? It doesn't make any sense. Also, I think that boat's the same boat from the last Uva Bowl movie. It might be. It's probably his boat. Yeah. The Uva Boat. (laughs) Looks like a pile of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Boat. That's pretty good. The bowl boat. (laughs) (laughs) the super bowl (laughs) yeah so what was with the gold in this movie did they ever use that again like they said gold contains them for some reason the reason why that was just never revisited again they're like something about gold is they're like someone mentioned something which i thought actually was an interesting line because I've always thought this myself is somebody said, uh, "Why is gold? What I, I always wondered why gold was so valuable back in the day. I, I wondered the same thing. Why is gold so valuable? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But apparently, the reason behind gold being valuable is because it can hide these Abkani dark creatures. Abkani. No, the Abkani were the people who disappeared." <laughs> Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's another thing that I want to clear up here. I did. I thought the Abkani were these little monster things that were coming, and they were the people too. So I thought these Abkani monsters, but whatever. No, just, come on, Paul. I mean, it's, it was it's, very obvious. It's spelled out in the first three and a half hours of this movie of the exposition. Uh, I think the monsters are called Xenos. Yes. Oh, right. Because they, it's like, they look kind of like xenomorphs, but they're not, so let's call them xenos. Yeah, and for some reason, Christian Slayer, when they mention that, he goes, catchy. <laughs> I don't know why he says this, but... <laughs> yeah. It just makes no sense. It's not catchy, and nor is that line funny if it wasn't catchy. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. One of the parts that actually made me laugh, though, in this movie was when the people were starting to get hypnotized and just randomly walking away. And the <laughs> one that made me laugh is the guy who is, like, stocking things in the in the video store. Yeah. And he just walks out, and the people in line are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only part. I was like, what? That's hilarious. You know what I was expecting? I was expecting them to, like, show the shelf, and it would have been all of, like, Uva Bowl's movies. Like, House of the Dead would have been on the shelf. That would have been good. Another missed opportunity. Very sad. So that's the next part. And then 
it starts to become a blur after that for me. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> totally. I'm surprised that we got to hear coherently. So part of the plot with Christian Slater is he lost his memory since before he was, he doesn't remember anything prior to being 10 years old, but he escaped an orphanage where they were experimenting. The, uh, the doctor was experimenting on children. And in the, in the intro, in the beginning, there's a, a nun who's told by the professor, who in this scene looks like George Carlin. Yeah. He says, like, Christian Slater's character as a child goes missing, and he instructs her not to tell the police or something like what? that. And then he gets electrocuted in this, like, <laughs> he's, he hides in a high-voltage, like, plot um, and gets electrocuted <laughs> and kills the parasite worm that's in his colon body or whatever it is that's attached to his like spine when everybody else like gets hypnotized and walks out he doesn't because the thing that's in his body is is like it destroyed what the fuck i i don't understand why he needed to be a part of this whole orphanage thing it didn't add to the story i i don't understand like oh this they didn't use the electricity later either. They didn't. They didn't no. say like, "Oh, electricity kills these things." They didn't use that at all. There was no need for him to be tied in with that, and he didn't seem to be affected by it, like personally. And all of the people who um, got hypnotized are just easy fucking kills because they they raid Christian Slater's like apartment, which back up here. Let's talk about Christian Slater's apartment before we talk about anything. That place is just like one floor of a warehouse. He's got <laughs> he's got a bunch of those little like target barriers up so that he has like fake walls around his bed. His bed looks like something straight out of 1990s like Toys R Us, the best Dragon Ball Z bed sheets that you can ever find because they're like <laughs> satin red and he has those down and then on his windows he just has newspaper just lined up across his windows so this man is obviously fucking nuts yeah and then he's got a, 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 a like a bunch of scientific equipment and computers that are just on top of random tables throughout everywhere too and just nothing but boxes of wooden boxes of things everywhere what the fuck where is he living (laughs) i don't understand it plus it doesn't it doesn't really make sense with his character yes i guess he's trying to be private and that's why he's got the newspapers up which is kind of stupid but at the same time his whole shtick is he's fucking afraid of the dark like he's telling kids be afraid of the dark because i'm still afraid of the dark yeah (laughs) yeah he's fucking got newspapers on his damn windows so that it's completely fucking dark like he's some vampire or something makes no sense at all yeah yeah that was also something that pissed me off too why why is he living like that anyway so the next thing that happens from this movie after this flashback is they introduce steven dorf's character who is commander dick burke (laughs) and his name is dick richard richard burke dick burke oh because he's because um, his character's a dick, so we name him Dick. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. And he comes into this right after the museum gets attacked by whatever like fucking animal thing that's there, whatever alone in the dark Zeno 
is in there. Uh, <laughs> They're called the Alone in the Darks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and let's just talk about the fighting style of this Alone in the Dark Xeno, which is... I just watched King Kong and Godzilla, and that movie is just terrible. Also, in a d- different way, but at least the the monsters in that like move really well. Like Godzilla slithers and looks great. In this movie, the Alone in the Dark Xenos um, just like bumble like fucking idiots, just cr- jump through glass things all over the place. They run down a hallway and they run like they're like a like a oversized golden retriever and just like fly everywhere it's terrible speaking of godzilla they kind of remind me of the 1998 godzilla yeah i don't know if you remember that yeah, yeah. the bad godzilla yeah with matthew broderick yeah i, I think most godzillas are terrible <laughs> um so there's a couple lines that happen that I, there's so many lines that just go nowhere but some of these are just so awful like he has a call with his friend from Bureau Seven One Three, who dies one of the most anticlimactic deaths I've ever seen. But um, his name but, is Fisher. Fisher. Fish. No, yeah. it's just Fish, isn't it? Or does he just call him Fish? Is like a little friend name. Guess. Guess what his name is in this movie. Fish. I'll give you a hint. I thought you just said it his is name was Fisher. The... <laughs> yeah. But his full name is the lead character from another movie, from another video game series. Sam Fisher is Sam his name Fisher. in this movie. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> but he calls him. This is before you meet Sam Fish. He says, they'll kill me if, I fi- if they find out. And then he goes, but let me check. Why do you even say they'll kill me? <laughs> You're just going to check anyway? What is the point? Like, you don't seem concerned at all. Why even say this? <laughs> There's no dispute about it. He just instantly says, but let me check. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to check. It's so stupid. Yeah, why even do it? There was another line um, that bugged me. They're in the... Uh, they're in the bureau, and there's just this random character who's just on a computer, and Dick Burke goes over to him and does something, and he goes... Um, no data means no lists. And then the guy leaves. He walks away and for like five seconds. Then he just goes, the guy sitting at the computer goes, now leave me alone. The guy is fucking gone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck are you talking to? No data means no lists. And leave me alone. Now leave me alone. Leave me alone. He's been gone. He was like gone for like a good fifteen seconds at that point. What? No data means no this. And leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I hated that. There's a line. It's when Christian Slater is with Tara Reed. They're looking for something, and Christian Slater says. What is it? And Tara Reed says, nothing. The hair on the back of my neck just stood up. <laughs> what is it? Nothing. The hair on the back of my neck just stood up. Yeah. 
worst line ever. Is she supposed spoken. to have like a superpower where like when evil things are near, her hair stands up on the back? <laughs> um, but also... <laughs> spidey hairs are tingling. <laughs> in the like... In the 713 agent... Ag- Bureau 713 um, building, there is this lady who is the funniest lady in this whole movie. She sits in a chair and has like five different computers around her and just in this chair like bounces between computers and like jams her fans on these computers and then goes over to the next one and does the same thing and then is talking on a headset and i don't know what the fuck she's doing no everybody's asking her for things why not just hire two more people to do the job why does she have to have four computers and she's bouncing around there also why is she she's like a model yeah like everyone in this movie is like a model it's almost like you're watching a porn (laughs) <laughs> you can tell by the acting as well the acting is like the quality of a porn the hair is on the back of my neck stand up <laughs> yeah I don't know why she used so many computers it was so ridiculous <laughs> but um, I mean the, the technology in this film made absolutely no sense in general like, there was like at one point he's like tell me what happened or Dick Burke goes tell me what happened and he's like, uh, one of the guys is like, uh, the the readings are, are are bad. And he's like, that doesn't tell me anything. And he, and they go, uh, he's like, what 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 are the readings? What are the exact readings? And they're like, he's like, they only go up to fifty. And <laughs> okay, what the fuck's with this technology? Why does it only go up to fifty? <laughs> I don't understand. The readings are bad. The read is bad. Tara, that is. <laughs> it's like they have the technology uh-huh. in Dragon Ball Z where the, the readings just go off the chart. Like it's it's over 10,000. Or what is it? Over over 9,000? 9, <laughs> 9, and then it just explodes. <laughs> that's, that's what happens in this movie. Yeah. It's over 50. <laughs> Fisher. <laughs> can't count that high um there's also a scene where fisher makes them special bullets what what did they do what were the bullets were Were they supposed to do they were photon bullets they lit up they had like a little light bulb at the end so that because alone in the dark that's that was the whole thing they were photon bullets and because these things were darkness i guess they these bullets were light, so they combated the dark. That was like the whole fucking point. <laughs> and so he made this many of them because Dick Burke just shoots a lot of them in this movie. I mean, he's just really shooting them. They did it for that stupid fucking scene in the museum, which hurt my head. All of a sudden, there's this just boring fucking monotony between Tara Reed and christian slater they have this boring conversation and then suddenly and it's like fucking (laughs) flashing on the screen you couldn't it was the worst action scene i've ever seen in a movie because all it was was just like bright lights fucking everywhere (laughs) and them shooting these stupid photon bullets in the dark and just randomly lighting up stuff and then things were dying. You couldn't even tell what was happening. They might as well have left the room completely dark and just had bullets <laughs> sounds. And the 
the fat security guard has one of the two most gruesome deaths in this movie where he gets like impaled through the back of his head. Yeah. I thought that looked kind of cool. At first I was like, hmm. when fat, when fat stone cold died, that was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These poor guys, and their nicknames. <laughs> I have so many nicknames for this movie. I probably have more nicknames for this movie than That's any great. other. Oh Keep man. Ugh. So yeah, that was a pretty gruesome death, and I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good, looking as well aesthetically. I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, there's like a, two things in this movie that I was like, okay, I kind of like that. It's interesting. I noticed with this movie, there were so many long shots that just lingered on things for way too long. No, I agree. I fully agree. I don't understand why they would even do this. It was like. There's just like way too many extended scenes. Cut the fucking shit out. Yeah, um, like, like there's a scene with Christian Slater just walking down the street, and he just goes in the door. Like, why did you need to show that? And then there's just so many long takes of people like, walking or shots just lingering on things in the background. There's like a scene of just a kid jumping rope. This goes on for way too long. There's like, the yeah. shot of his office or his apartment or whatever. It just like it just like focuses on like his bed or his desk or whatever, and then he walks in, and then it just goes back to focusing on his desk. You don't need to like, like we see it right there. You don't need to show it to us for you know another ten minutes. I think Uwe Boll was trying to be artsy. There's the scene where he like uh, is walking to the orphanage, and he like meets the nun and talks with her for a little bit, and then that scene goes on for way too long but then towards the end of that scene as they're walking towards the orphanage she grabs his arm and goes oh you should come around more often and i i thought why the fuck would he ever come around when he was kidnapped tortured and then electrocuted forgot all of his memories why would he come around more often to this terrible fucking place and why oh man so weird that whole scene is very strange. And they did it again right at the beginning where they lingered on a doorframe where the doctor was not there for a good 15 seconds. He wasn't in the doorframe, but that doorframe was in the center of the shot. And then all of a sudden the doctor appears and then walks out of frame <laughs> and they still are on the doorframe for a little bit. Oh. There's one shot. There's this character they introduce at one point. He's in the movie quite a bit. He's Christian Slater's friend. He's this... I think he's yeah, like a doctor fish. of some sort. He kind of looks like he kind of is that the guy who looks like Larry Bird playing the lead in Serrano de Bergerac? Is it that guy? Sam Fisher, yeah. <laughs> okay, That's him. the guy we were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a shot where he's at home with like his wife or whatever, and she leaves, and it just like there's just a, a shot on his face for a good thirty seconds of him just doing nothing, looking paranoid. It's like he couldn't just cut that a little bit shorter. Was that when he was reading the paper? Like is she. I think so. He's on his, yeah, he's on yeah. his couch she's or something like, like that. The doorbell rings, and she she sounds disgusted for some reason. The doorbell, like... Well, she's married She's married to him. It I rang, mean. like, instantly, and she's like, I'll get it. <laughs> like, he didn't even have a chance to fucking get up. But he's, he's sitting there, and you're right. They just zoom in on his face, and he's just reading the paper. <laughs> and they do it for, like, 15 <laughs> seconds. And... He's just like he, they're looking at his eyes, and he's moving his eyes around. <laughs> Most boring shot I've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking Splinter Cell. 
he looks like if Bill Nye just got melted, right? Like his whole face is just like a melted Bill Nye. It's terrible. Yeah, he reminded me of so many different like people, but he wasn't any of those people. Yeah. He looks kind of like the Ichabod Crane from the Disney cartoon. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a good one melted too. Bill yeah. Nye. Who was the other one you mentioned? You mentioned someone else earlier. He looks kind of like Larry Bird. Oh yeah, Larry Bird. <laughs> that poor guy just looks like everybody. And then he's like, Sarah? Sarah? Sarah walks over to the door, and then the doctor just strangles him. Just like fucking strangles him, and then shoves a little... Oh, what are those things? It felt like something from uh, Men in Black. Just like oh, yeah. shoves a little like Bug. Men in Black thing down. centipede down, down his throat. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it the Men in Black thing. <laughs> Um, so the thing about it is this guy is pretty prominent for a while in this film because he's like Christian Slater's friend, but I don't think he's ever talked about again after he dies. Like Christian Slater doesn't even, he's not like, Oh, where's fish? No, nothing. Fish is dead. Gone. He's forgotten immediately. (laughs) Why he was killed. Nobody knows. And then he appears back at the end of the film to take out the lights and he literally suicide bombs himself that's what he was like men in black for like that's what he was like implanted turning for off the lights. here just to suicide the lights so that scene with the lights they focused there was a guy working on the lights who looked a lot like johnny lawrence from karate kid they focus on him a lot and it's just people's being like the dick dude was just being a dick to him yeah and everyone just like insults him, like, come on, you're, you're being slow. They're just insulting him. Get your lights going. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. And then he just fucking dies. Like, yeah. what a miserable existence for this man. He gets insulted and dies. <laughs> Is he working on the Bureau 713s? light system or is it just like a light system that was left over there because either way the guy's doing a bang up job i i'm personally have put lights together sometimes and <laughs> i don't it's pretty difficult so he's doing a bang up job this guy's fine um and they just you're right just are complete dicks to him and he eventually gets it going and then fish suicide bombs it the guy's like oh and then everybody like you could tell it's just like pissed off at him even though he got the lights going they're still pissed off fucking fucking guy (laughs) did do the lights well so earlier in the movie i know we're jumping around a little bit but earlier in the movie i I guess this movie was all just individual scenes strung together anyway but um there was the doctor who he i don't know what the point of this scene was at all but he stabs the monster and like takes out some of its blood and then injects it into himself. What was he doing? What was the point of that? Is that how he gained control of the monsters at the end? I guess, but it was, does he have the monster? How did he trap the monster? Pokeball. They don't explain. He's just like, is it, is it the same monster that got loose from the gold box? It seems like it was. It seems like the the Bureau captured this one. I think what happened was the Bureau captured this one and then put it in his office. And then he was eating the blood of it or injecting the blood of it into himself. I, I don't know. Okay. 
And so is this the same one that killed Fat Stone Cold? Yes, I believe it's the same one. Yeah. Fat, okay. fat Stone Cold. Yeah. I want to mention during that that battle scene with all the flashy images and stuff, there's this like really bad Rob Zombie sound alike that's not Rob Zombie. Yes. Yeah. That song was fucking awful. <laughs> Oh, not as bad as the end credits song oh, here. No, which that was the what worst. What the fuck? So I immediately shut off the movie. I was like, oh, was oh, that like no. there was like angels? It was like something like that, yeah. right? It was like yeah. opera singing woman with metal in the background. Yeah, I kept it on for a while and he was, was not disappointed. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a great he one. It, it was a real great one. Apple Music playlists. <laughs> Top one hundred video game movie songs of all time. <laughs> ranks as number one up there number two <laughs> definitely no it's the elevator music oh, that's great. i can you just do the dance to that you just wobble back and forth in your bedroom <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, also i will say this movie would have been made a hell of a lot better if you just took the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack and just put it into this movie. Oh the Super God. Mario Brothers movie soundtrack and yes. just put it into this movie. It would have been amazing. I, infinitely better. Can you imagine that scene in the museum where they're running away with the Mario? Oh my God, I would love it. Perfect. Perfect. Now brings us to like the, we sort of started talking about the ending of this movie already, but the worst line I think Tara Reid ever speaks in this film is she says, it looks like we're going to war. <laughs> At one point, there's like tons of guns around. And then they're talk- everybody's talking and she just randomly just shouts this line. And she says it very loud. I've never heard, like this, this requires some acting chops because I've never heard someone yell in such a monotone fucking voice. <laughs> it looks like we're going to war. <laughs> I don't even know how you do it. Meanwhile, she's dressed like she's straight out of Forever 21, right? <laughs> she's in an outfit straight from a 2000s Forever 21 catalog that is a belly crop. Like, she has... She shows most... I... I know that I'm bringing this up again, but she has no belly button in this movie, but shows so much belly in this movie. It's gross. It makes me so gross. And she runs around with this crop top belly thing with most of her stomach exposed, but no, no belly button. It's, it's creepier than the, than the creepy crawlers in this, than the alone in the dark xenomorphs or whatever they're called. (laughs) I can just imagine Paul just yelling at the screen, going, Where is your belly button? What? <laughs> Where is it? Uh, this is my main focal point throughout this whole movie. Was, Show it. Why is her belly button not there? <laughs> I did Google afterwards, does Terry, Tara Reid have a belly button? And she does. Um, and she does. <laughs> she does, but um, it was weird. They used her body for Kyle XY. It wasn't actually Definitely. taken away. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into this place, and at some point, a guy triggers a trap and falls down to his death instantly and gets like impaled by a spike at the end. And they all look down the hole, and they go, they, they don't react to the guy dying. 
And they just look down and they go, we got to go down there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, what? There's more over here. I think I found some. Marco! Marco! We got to go down there. (laughs) Why? You, you... Since when, in any fucking video game, movie, TV show, anything, do you look down a fucking pit someone just fell down and died and go, yeah, yeah, we should go down there. We gotta go down there. (laughs) Two more things about that, about that scene. Number one, when he falls, someone says, Marco. (laughs) Was that the guy's name? Obvious joke there. Someone should shout polo, but... No one did. That, that would have been great, though. And two, he gets crushed again. He's like, he dies twice. Does he get crushed again? Yeah. Yeah, some, like, big pillar thing falls on him. It's like, he's already dead. You don't have to kill him again. <laughs> Poor guy. And then the the one lady's leg gets caught. And in that same scene, they, like, move her over and then throw her in the middle of the sand and then there's these like weird snake creatures come. None of them go to help her. They just leave her in the middle of the sand and she gets bitten like eight more times. They just leave her there. And then after she's gotten bitten and they've shot everything, they go over and check on her and like, she's dead. Of course she's fucking <laughs> dead. You just watched her die. You were, you aided in her death. What the hell? Human life means nothing to anybody in this film. No, no not fucking at all. And then at some point they have the big reveal with Christian Slater finding out that his character... Wait, was this now? Or when did he find out he... Oh, this was way earlier in the film. He found out that he had a dead thing inside him. That's right. Oh, yeah. But yep. then there's the big reveal that they're in the orphanage and some sort of lab. Underneath it. Yeah, where they actually inserted all of these men in black things into them. <laughs> and... <laughs> It was the most, it was supposed to be like super, wow, what? But I got nothing out of this scene at all. There was no reactions on anyone's faces. Dick Burke looks at it and he just goes, he goes, look at this, Ed. And freaking Christian Slater has no emotion at all to this whole like thing that he was an experiment his entire life. It, what was the point of the scene? It did nothing. You you also skipped over all of the they brought the whole fucking bureau to defend this gold mine. The whole bureau is there. The, like all of their resources they threw there. And they put them all there and they are swiftly murdered and just systematically they show every single one of those people being murdered. And then they're left with the the guy who's the leftover from House of the Dead who's the same dude who was in House of the Dead but now is in this movie, and the one girl who should not be holding a gun because she looks like she's holding it backwards half the time. <laughs> um, and they're the only two people left, and he's like, go on, go, leave, get out of here without me. I'll defend. Um, I'll give you some time. And so obviously she leaves, and she's going to die. And so then he, like, fights off some stuff, and then he's following behind her and runs and finds her, and her head is split open like a fucking pea. I thought that looked pretty cool, too. Yeah. That is the second most gory thing in this. It, the one, impaled head and then this split open head. Crazy gross, but pretty cool. Yeah, it's not, like, realistic gore. 
No. It's like it's gory, but it's not like it's not like Saw or something like that where it just no. makes you want to vomit. No. What I don't understand among I'm many sure things, things. Among, I was yeah, gonna a say. lot of fucking things in this in this film. But what I don't understand is these people who have these men in black things in them. The first guy, Andre the Giant, takes like 40 bullets to kill. I know. And these other ones, they like you you shoot them in the ear and they're falling down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The one girl who was- the one girl who is like either cleaning pasta or like washing dishes or something, she leaves and walks out the door. And then the next time you see her, she like jumps down and somebody shoots her and she falls dead immediately. Gone. Just like one shot dead immediately. I think it was even Tara Reed who shot her, uh, which is even worse for wear. Ugh. Yeah. I'm, but yeah, I don't understand what happened to their special abilities because Andre the Giant like gets shot twice, still can do kung fu. And fucking has to get impaled by a freaking fish market thing to to die. I don't understand it. Yeah, and and the reasoning they gave for why he like died or stopped there was because his little creepy crawly men in black thing in his body was cut in half. Did they cut in half the rest of the people's men in black things? <laughs> no. Did they shoot them? Because it felt like they shot him in the head and then that was it. It was like a zombie <laughs> film after that point. Yes. It might have been the photon torpedoes that they were shooting at them. I don't know. <laughs> Fired photon <laughs> torpedoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, uh, so... Now it gets to this other very anticlimactic scene at the end with uh, the main bad guy, the doctor, who's been injecting this blood in him for some fucking reason. Nobody knows. And he he grabs the key and opens the door. And I I figured the blood was supposed to make him super powerful or something. Yeah. But this main villain guy, he just gets fucking the guy. I I don't know a good knife thrower. So I'm going to say he gambits gambit throws a fucking knife <laughs> into him into the doctor and the doctor just falls over <laughs> yeah like what was the blood doing for you nothing apparently because you just died instantly <laughs> with a great moment of overacting from the doctor he's like dies it's true and he still opens the fucking door anyway <laughs> yeah what was his point? What was his goal? I, I'm trying to... His goal... I, I don't understand. Was his goal to open up the door to do what? To take over the world? Was he supposed to control those people? It doesn't make any sense to me. No. Not at all. Like, it seems like he was supposed to be one of the monsters or taking control by... He was being taken control of by a monster or something. But why did he die so easily? Why was he just such a fucking pushover? I... <laughs> I don't know. I, also, this the guy in this movie, the, the professor, really should have wore like a goatee or a beard or something. Because not to pick on people's faces, but I'm just gonna go at this guy. He just looks like he was like had an allergic reaction to shellfish throughout this whole movie. His whole face was swollen. He looked really, really sickly. Poor guy. He probably was sickly. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. He, the it's it was a, a what is it a snuff film? He actually yeah. died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they killed him. With the knife. 
He looked a little like a like a like a marshmallow that you put in the microwave for too long. That's how his <laughs> whole face looked. Um, I felt bad he, for him. He wasn't actually overacting. He was actually having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Can you imagine being that being a person who died on the set of Alone in the Dark? Oh man! Oh my god! Oh god! That'd be so embarrassing. Sad thing, yeah. Yeah. Die, and that would be on your gravestone. Died in Alone in the Dark. Yeah. One star. <laughs> Let's also pour one out for Christian Slater's career because I think that died in this movie too. No, uh, it came back. He was he played in Mr. Robot and he did very well. Tara Reid. No, no, she's gone. <laughs> No, no, she's she's a robot. Yeah, she she vanished off the face. <laughs> like at the end of the movie, everybody vanishes off the face of the earth. Tara Reid literally vanished <laughs> off the face of the earth. Oh, <laughs> he was gone. So my second angry moment of this whole movie is that fucking scene where they get the they open the door and then you know Dick whatever his name is like ends up shooting like going back and like defending them and like blowing up stuff and does he is he dead at the end of this movie dick burke no they show him coughing right did i see that did did he like wake up for a second he's like and then that's it that was his last line (laughs) i think he coughs though but it implies that he's not dead right i don't know or he turned into a zombie like i thought he blew up Right. And I thought that Christian Slater and Tara Reid were the only two left, but then they go back and they show him on the ground coughing, but then they go back to Christian Slater and Tara Reid and they never mention him again. Exactly. So so here's my question here, right? How does this erase everybody in the world, this thing? What what specifically does it do? How does it how is it designed? Because Christian Slater and Tara Reid are just like anybody else in the rest of the world at this point. They're not like sitting in front of the open tomb and like staring at everybody coming out. They are also running away and not in the purview of it. So how come right. they are immune from not being erased um, and they're just walking around? Also, the scene in which they're walking and then all of a sudden something very fast comes up behind them and then, you know, cue end screen. That happens in evil dead that like scene where like very fast camera behind somebody and that scene in evil dead is like kind of campy but also very scary and it works real well but it works really well because it's in a dark cabin (laughs) in the woods not in the middle of the day in an empty street in la and that camera scene just was so comical to me oh so dumb you would think a movie called Alone in the Dark that ends with a scary thing like that would have ended alone in the fucking dark. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but maybe they explain everything in Alone in the Dark too, because <laughs> it oh. doesn't exist. I believe it does exist. Yes. Oh god, fuck me. We're not <laughs> I don't I'm gonna I, hope it didn't get a theatrical release. I don't think it got a theatrical release. I think Good. it was uh, the clear. released on uh, VHS, even though DVDs were out and no one ever watched the film. <laughs> I can explain the end of the first movie. We think it's a monster, but it's actually Uva Bowl running at full speed with a box of love. <laughs> oh. 
And then they cue the awful song at the end. Angels something or other. (laughs) (laughs) That's better than the actual song, Doug. That's real great. Yeah, I would have listened to that the whole way through. The one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know what's going on. I watched this on Amazon Prime. I don't know what's going on with their rating system, but somehow this fucking movie got four out of five stars. Yeah. On Amazon Prime, and I'm like, these are fuck these whatever these stars are, they're completely fucking fake. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> Try out Uva Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's got one review, Uva Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> And even he didn't give it five stars. Everyone's <laughs> been boxed to death. <laughs> so Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure this has a 1%. Yeah, it does. Make, making it the lowest movie we've done so far. Yeah, I think it's got a 2.7 on IMDb, which is pretty high um, yeah. for this film. It's in the bottom uh, 100 on IMDb. Deservedly so. Yeah. I, I will say I have one thing to apologize for i just want to apologize to tomb raider because that movie both movies were trash but they were forgivable compared to this movie um this movie is a hell of a lot worse than tomb raider i would gladly watch both of the tomb raider movies again than this hands down oh my god i I think they're equally as bad (laughs) i i really hate the tomb raider movies um yeah, I I don't know. They they're more offensive than this movie. <laughs> I'd say the yeah. acting is better in Tomb Raider for sure. But that doesn't that doesn't save it. Oh. Yeah. I, the acting like is this... better. The cinematography is a little bit better. The directing yes. is a hell of a lot better. The plot is equally stupid. Um equally terrible this movie didn't piss me off as much as tomb raider yeah that see that's the thing about this movie this was completely inoffensive so much so it was so fucking boring yes um and that's why i will never watch it again but but tomb raider actually made me angry i was just like shit and i think it's because tomb raider had like promise right they had pretty good actors in it it had a pretty good franchise that was building off of you know they had money behind it and it gave us a crap product. Whereas this, I'm like, it, well, I don't, I don't know. know. You got freaking Larry Bird, you got Andre the Giant. Oh, <laughs> totally right. Yeah. Fat Stone it's a Cold. It's airplane film here. <laughs> Fat Stone Cold, definitely. <laughs> Who forgot about Fat Stone Cold? Dick Burke, just definitely. Dick Burke. <laughs> Top of the line right there. Ugh. The poor, yeah. poor, bloated professor, too. Oh, God. Well, you called him something else. His younger self was uh, the comedian. What's his name? Oh, George Carlin. George he, Carlin. He looked, just, yeah. he looked just like George Carlin in that first scene. <laughs> He's like, don't tell the police. Tell them it was an accident or whatever he said. There were so many range of actors in this this film. <laughs> all of them. All of them just terrible. And Tara Reed just, I don't know why they would want to put her in any other movie after this point they don't they don't she doesn't play in any other movie like i said she vanished off the face of the earth and never came back she went back with her 
no belly button people and <laughs> oh, yeah the, whatever alien she came from <laughs> you know ben and i we reviewed kazam which gets a lot of negative reviews and people make fun of shaq's acting Shaquille O'Neal's acting was much better than Tara Reid's was in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, God. Tara Reid has... I totally just, agree. I'm just, it's going to sound mean, but she has no talent whatsoever. She's fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah, she just had no, <clears throat> no inflection in her voice the entire fucking movie. There was not one point where she spoke with any sort of emotion... <laughs> And I don't know, that might take a lot of talent to, to be that way. But she, her character had no reason to be like that. She didn't have a fucking Men in Black thing in her. That would have been a cool twist. Like at the end, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, she has a Men in Black thing in her. And that's the reason why she's been so robot-like in this entire movie. Then I would have been like, whoa, that's that would make sense. twist. <laughs> she did such a good job acting. But do you think she only gets roles because she's good looking? Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Do you remember her in Scrubs? Uh, she was in Scrubs yes. as JD's like girlfriend for a while, and that whole I, that is the perfect role for her. Just like some like flopsy dopsy girlfriend sort of thing. That's all she can do. And in this, they like really overshot the mark, right? She <laughs> what what kind of exhibit is she curating at a museum, <laughs> and how fucking dumb should that exhibit be? Because. Um, no wonder there's just like glass breaking everywhere. Oof, it's so bad. And I feel bad picking on somebody this hard because we normally Don't. we normally apologize afterwards. Like, oh, we feel bad for like really going, but she deserves it. This is she's very very bad in this movie. Um, Don't feel bad because she'll have more money than all of us. That's right. very true she, too. She gets a lot of money for having zero talent. I don't feel yeah. bad for knocking her at all. And I. I I I feel bad over talking about you know lisping Shao Kahn, um, and but Tara Reid, no, I don't feel bad over it. No, she's just a bad actress. Yeah, let's like put lisping her in guy. The next Mortal he can't Kombat. even what? Let's put her in the next Mortal Kombat. She'd be I hope great. She's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope she plays as uh, what noob Saibot? I hope she plays. <laughs> <laughs> Boob Cybot. Boob That's her. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, lispy guy in um, the new Mortal Kombat. I with. I with. <laughs> <laughs> he play. He reprises the role of Shao Kahn. Exactly. That'd be great. <laughs> Are we ever gonna get him to do a cameo for one of our episodes? I think he's like thirty bucks. We can do it. I hope a, a loyal listener just Venmo's us that thirty dollars for a game. <laughs> Please uh, do would... it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. He'd probably he'd probably hate us just because we said he was this lispy guy so often. We picked on his fucking acting so much. Oh. He's probably gonna be like, "I listen to you, fucking guys. You're asshole." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that we don't have to talk about this movie anymore. Same. Because I know that we're going to talk about a ton of other Uibol movies, and they're probably just as bad. But I really hope that the next ones... I've never seen another Uibol movie after this. I saw part of this on sci-fi when I was like six. No, not six, like 16. <laughs> and I saw... Huge difference. 
<laughs> and I've seen the I've seen now House of the Dead, so I've never seen another Willie Bull movie. I know she he does Blood Rain, which that mm. game is terrible too. So stay tuned. Yeah, but I really hope he gets better. Um, no, no, I don't think he will, but I hope he does. What is the next movie? The next movie is Doom from 2005. <gasps> okay. Starring The Rock. The Rock's in that, right? The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. <laughs> At least that's uh, palpable. Like. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is Carl Urban is in the next one, is in Doom, I think. Is The Rock the main character? I think Carl Urban is the first build. And then The Rock is in it, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's in it for a long time. Let's just put it that way. Rosamund Pike is in this too. I'm excited for Doom. I, I mean, yeah. anything is like a, a palate cleanser after this piece of shit. When's our next Uba Bowl movie? Oh, God. I hope never. Um, <laughs> Probably right after Doom, I'm just assuming. He had like a streak of movies. Like the streak in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's his next movie, Punch-Out. <laughs> Starring Uba Bowl. Bald. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he replaces no. Mike Tyson at the end. <laughs> the next one is uh, the next one is Blood Rain right after Doom, and Blood Rain has an eighteen percent. Moving on up. Moving. It's higher than a lot of the movies we've done. <laughs> yeah, it's higher than House of the Dead. But I kind of liked House of the Dead because it was just it, I put that on the same level as Annihilation. It was such a bad movie, but it was so enjoyable. Like once I was done watching that, I couldn't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I loved Captain Kirk. He was great. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Captain Kirk. I hate it when people call me Captain Kirk and he does that really, really slow, slow. stab thing. Uh, that's what I really was hoping for. Like This movie got 1% and I was like, this is going to be so corny, so mm-hmm. like goofy, and I'm going to love that shittiness. But no. Nope. Just normal, boring shit. The opening felt like it was going to be like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I really did think that the action scene with, you know, um, Andre the Giant and, like, overheated Blade Runner, that scene was just great um, because it was stupid, right? And I thought, oh, the rest of the movie is going to be stupid like this. But no, then it took, like, a wild turn and, like, tried to be smart and tried to be, like, uh, it was it was pretty bad. That was the mistake. Tried yeah. to be good. Boof. The best way I can describe this movie, you're really, you're really hungry, and you open up the refrigerator, and it's just completely empty. That's this movie. Yep, I'd agree with that. Not satisfying at all. It's completely empty, except for like a jar of... Rotten dill pickles. No, I'm just going to say, <laughs> a jar of mustard, and you just squirt the mustard <laughs> in your mouth, and then this is it. It's just... No, a single mustard packet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You open up the fridge and you just eat the mustard packet, wrapping it all. Like, that's this movie. Um, it's slight, It's slightly ripped open where there's, like, a little bit oozing out. Yeah. Mm, it's just a real good movie. We should uh, review movies more often like that. I like that. One mustard packet out of ten. <laughs> what, what do you see when you open the fridge to this movie? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'd also say, just to to keep everybody on the running tab, this movie also has an altered human, right? It's another person with like biologically transmogrified body. The professor injects himself and makes him stronger. If anybody who's keeping track, it's another movie along that line, along with Resident Evil Apocalypse, House of the Dead. I don't know if Tomb Raider did. Um, I know Resident Evil 1 did. Wing Commander had an altered human. So did Mortal Kombat Annihilation and Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter did. Double Dragon did. And Super Mario Brothers did. Doom is going to have it. Definitely. So almost every single one of these movies has like an altered human. Um, I just want to say, I give House of the Dead a single grape. You open the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I give it lower than that. I'd say like a dead silverfish. <laughs> mm, yummy. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> uh, so, do we have anything else about this shit fest of a movie? Oh, so- one quick note that I forgot to mention. In the beginning, we were talking about that really boring uh, opening text crawl. So that was added after test audiences said they were confused by the plot. <laughs> mm. They probably regret complaining after seeing it. Oh, I, I, I got so much more <laughs> out of that screen crawl. Mm-hmm. What could they possibly? Who, who could have written that and said, "This explains it." Like, <laughs> 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 this clears just... it all up. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> oh, there were some people. Boy. They disappeared. That's the story. <laughs> It makes sense now. Yeah, the end of the movie where they where you see the city all empty, that was the movie theater. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 In terms of movies I've ever seen in my entire life, this is right down at the bottom. And also, the Matrix-style gun battles that are in this are, are just criminally terrible. All of the scenes in which there's some sort of, like, bullet that they're showing or doing anything, I can't wait for that for us to be past these early 2000s this whole era of filmmaking and music and acting is just a terrible time so i'm just ready to fast forward through it i can't believe pod wasn't in the soundtrack for this movie um pod (laughs) totally should have been couldn't afford him uh, or like corn i say him pod isn't a person (laughs) no they could only afford whimsical (laughs) violins an awful metal track and a raging saxophone just for one scene exactly (laughs) so that does it for this episode of reset and rewind alone in the dark from 2005 follow us on facebook and instagram we also have an email at reset and rewind podcast at gmail.com and our next episode is doom from 2005 anything else you guys want to say before we um get into the ring with uh uva bowl himself in a three-on-one match Absolutely, Absolutely not. <laughs> Get your gloves on, lace your boots, let's go. And leave me alone.